0: welcome to this week's henchmen of comics i'm alex eschbeck
1: i'm matt golden
0: and this week we're talking about marvel's newest film black panther
1: yeah the henchmen of comics absolutely are super excited about black panther and talking about black panther but i think we want to take a, a moment of our time to talk about a really important issue which is the things going on in our lives we realize that it's super important for you guys to hear about us a little bit and more importantly me so we're going to talk about what's going on in my life right now
0: I'm sure everyone's waiting on bated breath right now
1: yes i'm going to be officiating a wedding this weekend alex and i'm so excited and i'm nervous i've never done this before um For those of you listening, if you ever want the henchmen of comics to officiate your wedding, we will gladly do so for the low, low cost of $5,000 plus travel and expenses.
0: And a per diem, please.
1: Oh, yeah. It's got to be at least like a $400 a day per diem.
0: And you're willing to put down a credit card with the hotel, too, because we we will trash it.
1: Yeah, we need like a $600 deposit sent to us. check or money order is fine. We also accept Visa, MasterCard. We don't accept Amex, though.
0: And between the two of us, we have a lot of experience. After this episode, we'll have had experience of officiating one wedding. Yeah, yeah. so
1: it's it's super solid. You yeah. can't really beat that deal. So uh, email us now. Sign up. We'll be happy to help out. So in that vein, I was thinking about things that would be absolutely uh, disastrous for me to do. Like, I don't want to screw this up. So I'm just trying to think of things that I should absolutely avoid doing at all costs. And so far, the one that came to mind was after asking if there are any objections saying, are you sure that nobody has any <laughs> objections?
0: You could the entire time just talk about how you know there's true love in this world because as long as Jennifer Aniston and Justin Theroux are together, you know those two crazy kids can make it.
1: Oh, yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. Those guys are, are going to gonna go the distance, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: You can you can make the theme of your uh, uh, ceremony, mistakes.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Avoid making mistakes at all costs.
0: You could uh, just wear cut-off jeans <laughs> while <what> you officiate. <laughs>
1: I am actually going to be wearing the coolest of bolo ties because I know how to get into get the character and play a part.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that was the must. They're like, as long as you have a bolo tie, you're going to be fine.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to do it as Kill Bill style as I possibly can.
0: You should just read from note cards the entire <laughs> time and never look up.
1: <laughs> I, w- I actually will have note cards, but I'm actually going to be uh, put like taping them inside of a book that looks really fancy so I look like I know what I'm doing.
0: It's... Romance is in the air.
1: <laughs> uh, yes. And people are going to be like, why do you have a copy of War and Peace that you're reading out of? <laughs> Don't worry about it.
0: Now, I've got nothing to add about my personal life, but I will say that outside, a snowstorm is raging. Yes. And Matt battled the elements so we could get an episode to you guys this yeah. week.
1: The only important thing is that you guys have your Henchmen of Comics, not my life. It's not what's important. I want this comic to go on long, or this podcast to go on <laughs> long after. I am dead probably in the next two days because I have to drive to Santa Fe in shitty, shitty weather. Weather, So, yeah, if I die, cry for me a lot.
0: <laughs> there, we'll have a special In Memoriam episode for just a clip show of your finest moments.
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> I would <laughs> rather have 40 episodes dedicated to my, uh, my time on this show. Do we only have 20-something episodes so far? Yeah, sure, but you know what? We really need... It'll be 40, 40 episode, episode
0: to just dead air.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what I've contributed so far.
0: So, Black Panther.
1: Oh, we're talking about that still?
0: Yeah, we are.
1: Oh, okay. It's got Chadwick Boseman in it.
0: Well, before we jump into the cast of the film, we'll read nope, it off.
1: that's all. I'm just going down the IMDB right now.
0: Before you saw the movie, where was where, your hype level at?
1: So, holy shit, my hype level was really, really high. I have MoviePass, so I go and see literally everything for free. I don't care about 3D. I don't care about going to IMAX like 95% of the time. I wouldn't pay $15 at IMAX to go see this film on Friday night when it opened. So I was kind of hyped. Medium hype.
0: Yeah, I've never been like the biggest like Black Panther fan in the comics. I really enjoyed Christopher Priest's run during the Marvel Knights Imprint, and Ta-Nehisi Coates' current run. I've been reading that since he's been putting it out. But I was excited for the film, and then just as the reviews kept pouring in and pouring in with how great it was, I got more and more excited. But There was that moment of doubt that, like, the hype can't be this good. Like, it's been almost universally praised. I was like, it's going to disappoint. And when I left the theater, I thought it was fantastic.
1: Well, wait till you hear all the issues that I have with this movie, Alex, because they are plentiful.
0: I can't wait. Yep. For those of you that don't know, we're going to stop right here. We're going to spoil the movie, so if you haven't seen the movie, turn it up, turn this podcast off from here. Save it for later, because it's definitely much better seen in theaters than having moments from the film told to you by two guys on a podcast.
1: Yeah, also, I'm just going to ruin this movie for you in general. I'm going to make you hate it. That's my that's my one and only goal. I want you to not want to see Black Panther ever again. <laughs> turn well, this
0: thing off. Uh, I'm firing Matt from this podcast.
1: <laughs> Is that not what we're supposed to do, just make everybody hate every movie? And,
0: no, I'm pretty and sure that's it? not it.
1: Okay. Fair enough.
0: Okay, why don't you go ahead and tell me an issue that you had with the film.
1: Okay, so at one point, T'Challa battles Killmonger in one-on-one combat. Killmonger throws him off of a fucking cliff. Not only does he survive, I'm okay with that. He's just found by a random fisherman that happens to just take him to his arch enemies, and he just happens to be found by his family and loved ones. Are you fucking kidding me? Really? Like, that seemed kind of, oh, so coincidental. huh?
0: Well, I would okay. I would say that it's not that coincidental. I would say that him being found was quite coincidental, and we didn't see it happen on screen. It happened off screen, but I think it actually makes for a more impactful moment when you see T'Challa, even though we all knew he was coming back. Like the film doesn't kill Black Panther and go for another forty minutes <laughs> without Black Panther.
1: Although, if it did, would you think this is the most brilliant movie of all time?
0: I would say it's the most bold Marvel movie of all time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: And, but. The way I logic that, like, I do my own headcanon is, like, well, whoever found him realized that they couldn't take him to the other tribes in Wakanda because they would all lead him to Killmonger. So they took him to the one place that they knew would, I I don't know, try and let him die slowly.
1: Yeah, uh, which would have been the right thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Alex, tell uh, tell me your favorite part of this movie.
0: That's... Early stuff. I think my favorite part was actually, and there were a lot of great ones in this movie, but I really enjoyed the scene in the casino. It felt very James Bond esque. They travel to South Korea, Busan, I believe, and go to an underground casino there. And it was very, it felt like I mentioned, like a James Bond film, but with Black Panther characters. It's uh, T'Challa, the youngest character, Shuri. You're killing it. And. Okay, I think, is his bodyguard or the head of the Wakandan army. They all go there, and they're all badass, too, especially Okay. She's amazing throughout the film, but also running into Everett Ross was this nice comedic timing, too, played by Martin Freeman, who does a really good job in the film.
1: Yeah, it was super James Bond, like you said. Martin Freeman's even, like, the U.S. pal of this foreign nation. Like, of course, it's it's straight out of James Bond.
0: And then it all goes tits up.
1: It all goes tits up. Uh, James Bond is one of my absolute favorite franchises of all time. I absolutely love it. So this was perfect textbook for me, and the scene that followed was even was even more amazing. Yeah, I'm not good, a believe.
0: big fan of like car chases in films. I think there's some great ones, but for the most part, I think they're very played out. But it was the car chase scene in Black Panther was fantastic.
1: Yeah, I think I've got uh, like seven or eight car chases that I like, and they're all from Fast and Furious movies. So. <laughs>
0: All from Tokyo, direct.
1: Yeah, I I will rank my Fast and Furious car chases for you guys sometimes. Not today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That'll be on Matt Tom's ever podcast.
1: (laughs) Yep. So, that car chase was fucking sick, though. The coolest part, bar none, was when, in the middle of a car chase, T'Challa's personal bodyguard gets out, throws a spear (laughs) in front of a car, and it's made out of vibranium, and it crashes into the spear that's stuck in the ground, (coughs) flips the car up, it's badass.
0: I also like to... That when they're in a car chase, Ulysses Claw complains to the driver that they're driving in the silence and tells him to put some music on at the <laughs> beginning, which I thought was a nice touch, very much in line with the way Andy Circus plays that character.
1: I will go out on a limb and say, and while we're talking about this, I might change my mind, but Andy Circus's Claw might be my favorite character in this whole movie.
0: He was fantastic. He was uh, great.
1: Andy Circus is jacked like a yeah. motherfucker.
0: And spoiler warning, major spoiler, even though. So, Circus' character does die in the film, but it happens off screen. And pardon me, wonders because you, you never actually see the body. So part of me, wonders if he could somehow still be alive.
1: Oh, fingers crossed!
0: I know because I loved him so much. He was just—he was that chaotic, crazed villain that was just so much fun to have around. And you knew he wasn't a real threat to, to T'Challa. So I'm glad they elevated that later in the story. But for Act One, or in towards the midpoint of Act Two. He was great to have.
1: Okay, so speaking of, of villains, and I 100% agree, Andy Serkis is the goddamn man. He didn't do a great job as Gollum. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't get that out straight. Let's talk about Killmonger for a minute. Because there have been some book movies that have really fucked up villains. And not like, a, in a good way, Like they suck ass.
0: Yeah, I agree. We've seen that problem so far with... The DC films, especially that the villains have not been good. Even in Wonder Woman, I didn't think that Ares was a great villain the way he's portrayed in there. And the Marvel films, aside from Loki, I feel like they've been average at best for the villains.
1: Yeah, Yellow Jacket, Ant Man wasn't too great. Yeah, Ultron was notoriously picked on as a decent at best.
0: Yeah, villain. And the Dark Elves were underwhelming in Thor. What his face? Ben uh,
1: Kingsley and Iron Man three. Just kidding. That was amazing.
0: <laughs> that the, the twist for that was great. That was so yeah, good. but it, it, it's this pattern that's been happening with Marvel films that the villain hasn't been great. Although in Spider Man Homecoming, Michael Keaton did a really good job as a vulture. So maybe we're starting to see they more did. of an upswing in the TV shows. The villains, for the most part, have been really, really good. But for whatever, not for whatever reason, for the films, they haven't been able to do that. I think it's because. You don't get as much time to spend with character development for a villain, especially in a hero story. And for this being essentially an origin movie for Black Panther, to have as much time as they did with the villain and to make him seem as compelling and fearful as he did. We completely understood his motivation. And there's, I think, a lot of people, too, that would understood his ultimate goal.
1: Yeah, uh, he was relatable in the end. Uh, But that brings me to one of my gripes about this movie. Not that there was anything wrong with Killmonger. Michael B. Jordan took me out of this at times. His acting was good, but it wasn't great. And especially like at the emotional times, like when he wasn't angry but trying to be like serious or sad, it took me out of the film a little bit.
0: I would say his his death scene. I thought he did a really good job there. Yeah. With him just on the cliff, seeing the Wakandan sunset that his dad said was the most beautiful sunsets in the world, and there's this wonderful parallel to and you. And Killmonger's so good that T'Challa offers to save him yeah. like it his life, and he chooses to pull the knife out of his chest and kill himself because he doesn't want to be a prisoner. Which I, I think, again, very much falls in line with Killmonger's ideals of liberation and not <coughs> wanting to be a slave or a prisoner. And it's interesting, though, because with the Marvel films, we've already seen Winter Soldier Bucky, someone who was brainwashed and someone who's been going through his own redemption arc with the Marvel film, so it's something that we've seen as Marvel viewers before, but Killmonger isn't Bucky. Killmonger had a, had a goal, and if he, wasn't to, if he wasn't able to complete that goal, he didn't want to live anymore.
1: Yeah, he had a very satisfying end to his arc, even had a badass, several badass fight sequences that train sequence there at the end. what do you think about that? Cause it's the, it's sort of the climax and yeah. I know we're skipping around a whole lot here <laughs> or we're just right at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Who knows?
0: I thought it was really cool. It, there was a nice setup earlier in the film about like how the train tracks will affect the vibranium and impact their suits. And for that to play, uh, to play later through the story, it makes it evil. And it, it was too evenly matched though. A lot of times you feel like you don't get that either in hero films, because the hero is currently, under power for some reason, the villain has some grasp, and then something comes into play. But here it was two foes that were perfectly matched dueling, and it was interesting too because T'Challa is not a killer by nature, and for him, for someone to take the life of someone that he we don't know if he cared about, but was hesitant. It was his blood, yeah, he, yeah. You know,
1: he, it kind of is revealed that he has got some sort of feelings for the guy,
0: and it's interesting too because T'Challa in the film learns that his father T'Chaka killed his uncle, T'Chaka's brother.
1: Killmonger's father.
0: Yeah. N'Jobu, played by Sterling K. Brown.
1: Did an excellent job. And
0: T'Challa, when he talks to T'Chaka in the Black Panther spirit world, he he asked him how he could do this, how he could keep it a secret. So it's this nice sense of symmetry that T'Challa and Killmonger are still paying for the sins of their father. And this cycle of violence is endless. And T'Challa tried to stop it. He wanted He wanted that redemption. For him and for his bloodline. But, I mean, as we talked about, it it wasn't happening. Especially, too, it's so rare. Because Marvel characters for heroes, they don't kill. And essentially, even though Killmonger made the final choice, T'Challa did kill him by his actions.
1: Yeah. I mean, he he straight up murked the guy at the end of the day. Uh, I wish it would have been in a more badass kind of way. Like, he took away his vibranium power and put his head through a train or something. That would have been cool. But it was a lot more redeeming the way that it happened. My storybook ending is is not a story that anybody wants to see, <laughs> except for me. Uh but Killmonger was a very complex, good villain. At times I thought the acting could have used some something, but it was it was really great. Michael B. Jordan on the on the whole did a, a great job and thank God that they gave him another chance, uh, because the human torch sucked. <laughs> uh, and that Fantastic Four movie sucked. So I'm really happy that that they did that for him and, and got him back into it. So it actually has me posing a question for you now. Um, they've got a ton of fantastic actors in these films that are just side pieces. Sterling K. Brown, for instance, the guy from Get Out, Daniel...
0: Daniel Kaluuya, something like that. Yeah, there
1: you go, that guy. I wonder if they're going to give these guys roles in future Marvel movies, even though... Well, uh, some people have some varying degrees of, of major parts in here. I would absolutely love to see Sterling K. Brown back in the Marvel universe.
0: Yeah, I agree. It would have been nice, but uh, if they can, and Marvel has, like the Cap marvel movie, Cap marvel movie is allegedly or supposedly going to be in the '90s. So it they don't they aren't necessarily always linear in nature. So that is a real possibility for the characters like Sterling K. Brown. Now, I imagine there's been no announcement, but I imagine that there will be a Black Panther sequel, because this movie basically made all the money in the world. Yeah, like over $200 uh,
1: million in its yeah, opening weekend. Yeah, Black
0: Panther's opening weekend is basically its own world economy now, at this point.
1: Yeah, and, absolutely. you fun been working with Wakanda for a long, yeah. long time now.
0: This is, and I say this as someone that liked the Justice League movie, but Black Panther opening weekend made more money than Justice League's entire theatrical run, which is absolutely insane.
1: Did it really? Like, worldwide, or...?
0: Well, as far as, yeah, I think I, I can't refer to the massacre worldwide, but regardless of either one, that's absurd.
1: It is insane. It just shows you the, the grasp that Marvel's got on things that DC just doesn't. And it
0: shows, too, how good Marvel is, because Black Panther is not one of their A tier characters. He's not Captain America, Iron Man, yeah. Thor, or oh. Hulk, or Spider-Man, or even Wolverine. And, to, and because, But because they've been putting out great films for so long, and because they put out something that was different than what, we, what viewers have seen before... They really elevated themselves.
1: I've said this before, but Marvel has a way of taking B characters and making them these huge revelatory super heroes, like who cared about Black Panther before no. this? Who cared about Iron Man before the Iron Man movies? Like it's, uh, I think it's really, absolutely wild.
0: I think Ant Man is a perfect example. Uh, yeah, no <laughs> one would have thought about an Ant Man solo film out of all the characters from Much Marvel's roster. Much less Rosters.
1: two yeah. Ant Man solo. Films. It kind of like
0: I kind of feel that way. There's they've announced Fox has a, a Kitty Pride film, and I'm not the biggest Kitty Pride fan, but after what I've seen what Marvel Studios have done with their properties, I'm like, why not? Yeah,
1: Kitty Pride's yeah. a really complex character that could be really mm-hmm. cool. So this brings me to another point, something that Marvel keeps doing that I think DC misses the mark on that we've seen now in in two Marvel movies, Thor Ragnarok and now Black Panther. But the use of color and vibrancy, the way that Wakanda looks so futuristic, and the way that Thor obviously is super bright and extremely futuristic... I think that this could be a, a new trend in some Marvel movies.
0: Yeah, actually, I thought that the sets of when, like, the Wakanda streets looked like the same sets from Thor Ragnarok when they were walking around the, the collector's planet.
1: Yes, so this brings me to an actual gripe okay. I have because I thought this was absolutely bizarre. Wakanda is the most technologically advanced civilization there is, and on they've Earth. got, yeah, on Earth, and they've just got, like, normal street vendors. It looks like you're just, like, walking the street in, like, some random-ass country that's not, like, super high-tech or anything. And then they're all on the street just, like, getting some street tacos and shit. Like, what? Okay,
0: I think that's for two reasons. One, if I had the most advanced civilization in the world, I still wanted to have street tacos available to me. I get that. And I think think that was more of a choice, a direct choice by Ryan Krueger, to blend the cultures. I I think he didn't want to lose what made Wakanda African, but he still wanted to show that this is a society that's elevated themselves above anywhere else on the planet.
1: Okay, so I'm, I'm fine with that, and I agree, and I've thought about that, and I, I love that idea. All I ask is a little bit of technology in the street, like something to where it ties it back into it. I'm fine with that That whole street vibe. I like it. Just give me some, like, badass weird tech.
0: Yeah, I'll give you that. Mostly, there was a lot of cool tech in the film, but it was mostly displayed by Sherry, Black Panther's younger sister, and what she somebody for. Using
1: Apple Pay on the and, street, yeah. something.
0: And we saw some with like we saw the rhinos in one of the climactic fight scenes, like armored and things like that. So that wasn't there, but I, I it goes with what you're saying, to seem more everyday use and not just like as an instrument for war or mining or any or travel or anything like that.
1: Yeah, just something cool in the kitchen, like a super cool can opener. Yeah. <laughs> You definitely should have taken
0: time out for that.
1: Yeah. Hey, Marvel, super cool can opener. That's what I. That's what I want.
0: Actually, let me ask you a question: Who's your favorite character in this film?
1: Um, either Claw or T'Challa or T'Challa's sister,
0: Shuri. Yes. yes,
1: she's a badass. And the gloves scene there at the yeah. end, those gloves were awesome. They reminded me of oh, uh, Doomfist from Overwatch. Yeah. Like, this is,
0: this is cool, this <laughs> shit. Yeah. It's. I agree with you about Shuri, played by Leticia Wright, ended up being my favorite character in the film. She stole every scene she that really she was did. in. Yeah. Her comedic timing was fantastic, and it was nice to see T'Challa's tech version be someone who was younger than him, but so far ahead of everyone else in it, this advanced culture. And she did create this. This amazing tech too.
1: Yeah, it's his kid sister that, that yeah. went and did all this stuff. Yeah,
0: but she treats it very much like a kid sister, like in the relationship, but like a teenage kid sister yep. who gets annoyed with her older brother or thinks that she's doesn't think that her older brother always knows best. So it's a very playful and fun.
1: Yes, I absolutely loved it. What do you think of the relationship between um, the? What do you think of the love interest story here?
0: I thought it was. The love interest themselves, I thought their chemistry was okay. I think it was amazing. I could have done without it, but I understand why they had it. Because without her, she she was the one telling T'Challa that there was more to the world than just Wakanda. And without her, they, I feel like he would have stayed as, as an isolationist.
1: Yeah, it it kind of helped bring a global vision to the Black Panther.
0: And it shows a nice contrast what her version to what Killmonger wanted. Like neither neither one wanted to be an isol- isolationist nation anymore. But Killmonger wanted to weaponize those that have been uh, persecuted and have suffered injustice by the hands of the basically the wealthy elite in this country, and wanted to give people a chance to stand up and rise against their oppressors. And she wanted to provide aid and help. Basically, his was a message of hate, and hers was a message of love. And there was that third option, too, where they could just stay and, and let the world continue to roll on without them.
1: Do you think they made the right choice, Alex? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it would have been interesting if they just would have let Killmonger get away with it. and then. But I think that would have been too drastic of a change for, like, Marvel. Like, And basically, Thanos shows up and Earth, Earth is already destroyed in Infinity War because Killmonger's already <laughs> armed everyone.
1: Uh, what do you think Black Panther's role in Infinity War is going to be?
0: Yeah, I'm really curious. I think... As far as I recall, I don't remember seeing Black Panther in any of the trailers. I know he'll be in the film, uh, but I think it's going to be his first step. Uh, actually, no, I know it is. No, we have seen Black Panther. I'm losing my mind. Uh,
1: Alex is an idiot, and it's yeah. just demonstrating.
0: Yeah, it's basically going to be Cap, Bucky, and T'Challa, I think, defending Wakanda from Thanos' invasion before cool. they end up uh, meeting up with the core team.
1: That'll be awesome. I'm very curious to see if they're going to do the second Black Panther movie that I'm sure will be announced in the next six months. If That's going to be like before or after or or what.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, too. It's like I know they'll announce one, but I'll still be excited whenever we get that official announcement.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Tell me about something that you did not like about this film, because it seems like you liked a lot of it, which is. Totally great.
0: I think my only complaint is that Act 1 kind of dragged for me a bit. And I understand why they had to do it, because they had to set up Wakanda. We have not seen that world. All of the characters in it, aside from T'Challa and T'Chaka, we had no experience with before. Yeah. So I, I love the opening scene in Oakland, California. Uh, I thought that was really cool, but after that, it just kind of dragged for me for a bit.
1: That yeah, it was actually a really badass scene. Um, I have an issue with how much we saw Black Panther... Uh, in costume and stuff I didn't think it was enough I thought there were large stretches of time where we didn't see any action which I mean you got this whole vision and this whole awesome world and I loved that but I would have also liked more Black Panther action
0: can I say one thing I did love I did love that no you can't Killmonger's Black (laughs) Panther costume was the classic like gold outline yeah that you saw That that was a nice callback to his more I think more famous look probably not anymore for this film but for comic <laughs> readers, that was a nice touch.
1: Yeah, and I liked his, uh, T'Chaka's old-school Black Panther yeah. thing. With yeah, the, with I thought the it was really cool, too. Everything. That was awesome.
0: And I love that they did the spirit world, like the Black Panthers, because that's a big part of the comic, comic, being able to connect and see your ancestors to a former Black Panther. So that was a nice touch. That's interesting, at least to me it was, because Shuri and Ramonda, the angel of played his mom. In the comics, they're his stepmom and his stepsister. They decided to make them, obviously... Blood-related, which I thought was an interesting change, but I, th- I think it worked for the film.
1: I think it worked great. It made more of a connection, I think. I think it was deeper. Let's talk about those duels for a second. Because there's two duels in this film where they are fight to the death or until somebody gives up, and they are for the kinghood of Wakanda. So what, what do you think of that that first one?
0: I thought the setting was fantastic. Like You have the contestants surrounded by uh spear warriors who enclose the circle at the edge of the circle there's that waterfall so it's not you can't just fight for 40 minutes it, it's the fight will last two minutes at most yeah and it's, it's going to be brutal because it's close range it's for a kingdom it's for your life and it's
1: every yeah. other tribe watching, watching. On. yeah yeah
0: yeah that's actually one thing i i hope in the Next is we get more details about all the other tribes, too. Oh, we, we touched cool. on a couple of them, but we didn't see that. But anyway, what do you think of the fight scenes? For at least the ones on the waterfall.
1: I, I like them both. You could definitely telegraph exactly where they were going, which is totally fine. You don't expect the main character <laughs> to lose the first battle when it's against some nobody, but when it's against the next person, it's the main villain. You kind of expect something goofy to happen. But I thought they were fantastic. I thought... Uh, that mask that the uh, the competitor wears in the first one, that the the king of the that other tribe wears, yeah. I thought that was dope. That
0: uh, was really cool. Yeah,
1: the costumes in this yeah. film are insane.
0: They really are. And speaking of masks, too, when Killmonger his you'll, you'll Claw and you get the mask from the museum, that was a nice touch because the mask is the same as the costume in the comics. That was a nice comic book callback there. Oh, but the it mask really? also looks badass, or the way they, they designed yeah. it looked really badass, too. It was cool.
1: And they even wore it to a breakout claw. Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
0: So, I just kind of touched on this, but if they make a sequel, what do you want to see out of the sequel?
1: I want to see the his sister fight. I think that would be some, some cool shit. See her using her tech in action. I definitely want some more Black Panther. I think I would like multiple villains again. I kind of like the way that this one was set up and a, and a good two-part thing. I think a lot of comic book movies have been doing a, a two-villain thing, a lead-up, and then a here's the main villain. I think it's better than to have a one-villain setup. I think it's a lot more obvious what's going to happen that way with this two-villain setup. You can know what's going on at the beginning, totally fine, and then be surprised at the end by whatever they choose to do. So I think that's going to be the setup that I'm, I'm hoping for. Definitely want some more of the tribes in there bring back all the same characters, that was fantastic. Maybe even have it set on a different planet, possibly, because they look like they've got the ability to do uh, space travel, so maybe having them meet up with the Guardians or have some sort of weird crossover like that could be cool.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on all that stuff. I, I do agree. I think there should be more than one villain, because just having one villain, it, it's going to be hard to top Killmonger with just a single person. And I, I hope, personally, that it's not an attack on Wakanda, because we essentially, first Black Panther was overthrowing the throne. I assume Wakanda will be attacked and in Infinity War. So I don't want to see that again. But I mean, if it is, I, I, I probably won't complain. I probably pull it off. But I'd like to see something different, uh, more of a global feel, which you kind of got. There's the movie already had a global feel to it too.
1: Oh yeah, but how How imagine how awesome that would be? A Guardians of the Galaxy. Slash Black Panther crossover.
0: I really, yeah, I'd love to see him with other Marvel characters, just in general. Just throwing, like, kind of like how Captain America: Civil War basically was another Avengers film, but like that on a smaller scale.
1: Yeah, putting it wasn't Avengers film. One hundred percent, it wasn't Captain America: Civil War. <laughs> it was Avengers two and a half.
0: Now, what do you think of the in credit scenes?
1: I thought they were very interesting. I thought they kind of were leading up to. Infinity War slash Possibly Black Panther 2. Black Panther 2 could be after the first credit scene where they say, show us what you got, and he kind of goes out and changes the world.
0: Yeah, I think the first one definitely sets up the their steps for where they're going to be in Infinity War. What and did you think of that second one? The second one, Bucky appears without his arm coming out of a tent. Sure, comes in summons him and he calls him White Wolf. It is a reference to another Black Panther character in the comics. But... I liked it because uh, because I knew Bucky was in Wakanda, because that's where he was left. I was kind of wondering where he was the entire time. But I'm glad they had him basically disarmed, implied that he's still suffering through his PTSD and his brainwashing. That's also setting up for a minute war. It also explains why he didn't help the fight, because I really didn't want that trope of, like, the great white savior coming into Africa and helping, <laughs> off, <laughs> and helping T'Challa. So I'm glad that they answered the question of where he was. And I liked seeing Bucky again. I like Winter Soldier as a character. I'm glad that he was kind of put on the sidelines for this one.
1: I would agree. Any chance that Black Panther is a character that dies in the Infinity War?
0: No. After, in fact, if they killed him after Disney sold the money they made, like you guys need to change that right now.
1: Yeah, I don't see him. I mean, maybe he dies, but they bring him back. I can see something. like Yeah,
0: that actually, there. a question I want to know is: Is T'Challa the last Black Panther? Because they Michael Killmonger destroyed the plant. That basically gives a Black Panther his strength and agility. And with that plant gone, are there no more Black Panthers after he dies? I guess they could still have the suit, but they won't have the enhanced uh, natural abilities.
1: Yeah, that's going to gonna really suck. You're going to ruin this movie for me. <laughs> no more Black Panthers.
0: So where would you rate this film on a scale of 1 to 10?
1: On a scale of 1 to 10, I'd say this is an 8.5. I thought this film was incredible. I like having minor gripes. I will gripe about everything and anything Uh, But on the whole, this movie is fantastic, and I had to really pick and choose the things that I didn't like about it. And an 8.5 might even be shooting a little low for for how good this film was.
0: Yeah, I'll give it a 9. And, like, it's near perfection. And basically, a 10 out of 10 is just my personal taste. that I prefer humor things more like Thor Ragnarok and Guardians. But for what this was, this was a fantastic film, and I can only hope for more. I can't wait to see what Black Panther is up to. And actually, Shuri and everyone else yes. in Infinity War, too. I All hope you right. get to see them.
1: Real, real, real fast, don't even think about an answer, just say yes or no. Top five Marvel film
0: Thor Ragnarok.
1: Oh, I'm not saying rank them, I'm just saying, is this one in your top
0: oh. five? Yeah, I was thinking about that actually. And
1: that was not a quick yes or no. I know. I can't say.
0: No, it's top ten for sure. Uh top five. I would say it probably is, but like I can't give you a quick answer. What about you? Quick answer, yes or no? Go.
1: Okay. I said I said no. Okay. I would place it safely at six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it could sneak in there, I'm not sure, but it's it's up there. There's like twenty something Marvel movies at this point.
0: I know. It's not nearly enough. I no, won't rest. It's, just really it's the only reason why I still live is for those release dates. There's
1: 20 something Marvel movies to date for the, for the current Marvel cinematic universe and two justice league movies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't worry. DC has one film coming out in 2018. Yeah, so they're, they're catching up. Out. Yeah, yeah. They're almost there. But I think that about wraps it up for this week's Hinchman of comics. You can email us at henchman of at gmail.com.
1: Alex, when was the last time you checked that email? Check it every day. I had a boy. Uh, <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We post all the funny things that we have on Instagram, so go and follow us there.
0: For the Hinchman of Comics, I'm Alex Dashback.
1: I am Andy Circus.
0: Hinchman ain't easy.